You're stepping into the fast lane with Ed Lane on 93.3 FM and 1320 AM Lynchburg, 7.30 AM Gretna, the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app, and telling Alexa or Google Home, stream CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. This is the fast lane. Boo! Happy Halloween! Hello everyone, I'm just kidding a little bit. Happy Halloween everyone, welcome into the Fast Lane. My name's Trey Lyle, filling in for Ed because he is off trick-or-treating with his kids. Joining me is Ty Tracy. Uh, so Ty, uh, my question to you, uh, what was your favorite Halloween costume that you ever had? I know my mom knows, like, she knows it, but it's a Power Ranger. Power Ranger, that's a good yeah. show. I was a Power Ranger. I was like, at least... I was red twice, blue, green, and white, but and it was majorly red, red Power Ranger. I was the name tag once. You know the name tag, the big yeah. red name tag? Yeah. I was that, and I wore dreads, and I said, hello, my name is Jamin Mun. That <laughs> might have been my favorite costume. So uh, it was confusing. It was all get out, but I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, so happy Halloween, everyone. Also, today... It's a big day. We had the trade deadline. We'll talk about that during the Fast 5 and 5-ish. ACC revealed their schedule. We'll talk a little bit about that in the Fast 5 and 5-ish, as well as with Damian Sordolet, writer for the Roanoke Times. We'll talk Hokies. He was also at the NASCAR race this past weekend, so we'll talk a little bit about that. But also tonight, everyone's favorite thing in college football, the first edition of the playoff rankings, because they matter so much. They don't really, but they come out tonight, then you get to get uh, here, NC State Athletic Director Boo Corrigan tried to explain them when, you know, they're just what they are at this point. They only matter at the end of the year. But I figured let's have some fun. Let's get a part of this. Um, I'm going to give you what I think the top four teams in the country are right at this point. And I'm going to give you what I think the committee will do tonight because I think those are two separate things. Uh, my Mine are simple. I think one and two you could put in their own stratosphere at this point. Number one, Georgia. Number two, Michigan. They've been the top two in the AP all year. I think they're clearly the best two teams in the country. You look mm-hmm. at Georgia, the defending national champion, two-time defending national champion. They look dominant this past weekend against Florida, which you could have listened to the to part of that game here on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg. And, uh, yeah, they, they're the champs. They deserve to be number one. I'm mm-hmm. putting Michigan two. I would argue they're the best at the line of scrimmage in all of college football, both on the offensive and defensive line. Nobody is playing better in the country than J.J. McCarthy. They might have the best running back in the country when you look at Blake Corum. Uh, throw in Donovan Edwards, throw in their skill positions. Mm-hmm. I think Michigan Michigan is on a, uh, you know, scandal and all. They're on, they're on a mission this year. You, what, do you, what do you think about those two teams? I can't go wrong with that one. I still feel like Ohio State might have a better edge, but their defense has been suspect and the quarterback play has been kind of kind of off lately. I like Ohio State's defense. It's it's their offense, which is yeah. weird to say. But I do have Ohio State three. They're when they have probably the best pair of wins this year with with uh Notre Dame and Penn State. Florida State at four, their big win over LSU. Clemson's not a big win anymore, but they did beat Duke. Mm-hmm. And then uh my first three out, if you want to say, Washington, Oregon, and Texas. But if I had to put my predictor hat on, I think that the four that will make it to the college football playoff are Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and Texas. 
either Texas or Oregon because I think Texas and Oregon are very similar teams. They lost their big game this year. Mm-hmm. Texas losing to Oklahoma, Oregon losing to Washington. But I'd argue, especially after those games, that if you lined it up again, that Texas and Oregon would be favored over their respective rivals. So, oh, yeah, yeah. at which I hope, knock on wood, we see both those matchups in their respected conference championships. Yeah, I can definitely see that and stuff. I still feel like Oregon should have won that game against Washington because they still have one more play to run. But, you know, the coach got too aggressive and decided to keep the field. I, so I think – I can't get mad on that uh, one. Yeah, I, I, we, that's, you know, revisionist history. I agree yeah. with the Dan Landing call there. You go for the kill. Uh, that off Washington offense and Washington plays, you know, big game against USC this weekend, which I think they'll score 100 points against that yeah. defense. Now, to what what do I think the committee will do? This is based off the history and what the c- committee's perspective and did a little bit reading because of the big wins and the resume. I think Ohio State will be the number one team in the country. Be- I don't know. No, but-, but think about it like this: they look more at what you've done to this point. I mean, yeah. So I think Ohio State's gonna be the number one team in the country because they're gonna have a top ten win. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I I think like the two teams that will probably have a top ten win are Ohio State and Washington. Uh, unless Oklahoma State, or, well, and maybe Oklahoma. So I think Ohio State one, Georgia two, Florida State three, Washington four. And then the first three out, like five, six, seven, will be Michigan, Oregon, and Texas. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like it will be when the the committee gets debuts their rankings today. Yeah. Which ultimately, Michigan and Ohio State play each other. That will get decided out mm-hmm. um, for that number two or three spot. Depends. Yeah, whatever it will be. Like yeah. if Michigan wins out, they'll probably be at worst the number two seed. Or the, mm-hmm. really, as long if you're not the number one seed. The rest of the seeds just determine what jersey color but, you're wearing. But I could definitely see them get that number one seed. Depends on depends on Georgia as well. Yeah, yeah. I if Georgia loses, that. which they could, they could lose. They have Missouri. They have Tennessee. They have uh, a matchup against either LSU or Alabama in the SEC championship. Um, but we'll we'll see. So I I, I think I think that's how it, it will shake out tonight. Do, mm-hmm. do you? Uh, are you? What do you feel about this? You, you, I still you, feel like. If it always, it's always I think depends. it's a collision course. Yeah. I think there's two clear two best teams in the just, country. I just waiting on the Michigan Ohio State game. That's why I was like, it's we still got four, yeah. a couple more games to go. It's like it depends on that game. That's why. Yeah, that's like still kind of, yeah. That's still obviously, for, Michigan still has to play Penn State. Um, there's some great games this weekend that will you know will pan out. You have Georgia, Missouri, you have Tennessee, Alabama, or LSU, Alabama. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Those are some big games this weekend to shake out. Uh, lots of trades to talk about uh, as we. Uh, we discuss here on the uh, the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Starting with a trade in the NBA. This happened at 2 o'clock in the morning last night. The Clippers trade Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nicholas Batoon, KJ Martin, a 2026 and 2020 first round pick, first rounders, two second rounders, and a pick swap to the 76ers for James Harden and PJ Tucker. If you heard a loud scream in Lynchburg last night, that was Ed Lane celebrating the fact that James Harden is out of Philadelphia. Ultimately, this was the one place he was connected to. Um, for me, you're basically having three unreliable players as your three stars if you're the Los Angeles Clippers in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and James Harden. 
uh, health standpoint when it comes to Paul George. Well, Paul George has a shaky playoff resume and a bad health. <laughs> Kawhi has bad health. James Harden cannot show up in the playoffs. I, Russell just Russell. Yeah, I, I mean, and they have Russell Westbrook too. Yeah. Like so, like if this, you know, Clippers are building a new arena. They're gonna have a really good marquee for their new arena next year. Uh, I, I don't get this improving the Clippers much. I think for the the Seventy Sixers, this is this is a big depth piece. You, you're gonna. I, I want to see see what's next. Plus, old, I, I'll say this. I'm sorry for cutting you off. Go ahead. The only thing who's gonna lead the second unit? One of them will have to come off the bench. Probably Russell, most likely. Lead the second unit. Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. But if for the Sixers, they have now the tools to to make a bigger trade, and you know, the Joel Embiid it, it looms large. So overall, what what are your thoughts on the trade? I ain't gonna lie, I was surprised really, and but it's James I was surprised Hart- it happened this yeah, soon in the season. And I mean, since the Clippers, I'm like that's not solving nothing. They already got Russell Westbrook, um, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. But it's like, what are they gonna do now? How how's this gonna work with the office with Tyron Lue? And then my biggest question is gonna lead the second unit because one of them will have to come off the bench. One will have to. You can't start all four of them and everything. I mean down the stretch, yeah, but like right now, they gotta see how that's gonna play out. Yeah, I, I uh I agree with you there. I think um personally, like we we will see how, how it shakes out. And uh I, I like are they Let's break down the West. Are are they better than Denver, Los Angeles, the other Los Angeles, the Lakers, uh, Golden State, uh, Phoenix? Like those four? I I don't think so. No. I don't I I don't know. They're probably a good fifth, a fifth, fifth or seed. sixth best yeah, team in the West. Fifth, fifth seed or sixteenth. Yeah, because I I just I don't it. trust their health. Their health. And if you look for the the Seventy Sixers, they were already probably at best the third best team mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. They get some depth. Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, uh, KJ Martin, and Young. They get draft picks, just kind of get replenished in draft picks. And they're small, too. I yeah. mean, and the Clippers small as well. And, and I think with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, this trade feels a little bit better. I think mm. if Tyrese Maxey continues to have the leap they have, um, it will uh, it will benefit them very much so. Definitely. Speaking of uh, uh, some, some trades, today was the NFL trade deadline. Did you not know that, yes. Ty? Yes, I knew Number the whole time. Four. The Bears and Commanders are in agreement of a massive trade to send Montez Sweat to land in Chicago for an exchange for a second-round pick. This was one of two trades the Commanders made for star for their two big edge rushers. Buyer sale. Back-to-back years, the Bears trade a second-round pick. Last year was Chase Claypool. So if this is the Commanders, you're going to get a high pick in the second round probably with the way the Bears are. Uh, it, it didn't work out last year, but for Chicago, they need pass rushing help. I think this is a you know a trade for them to get Montez Sweat for the Commanders. It clearly showed today they were buyers. Um, I think even if they beat Philadelphia last week, maybe mm. these trades still happen. But mm. new ownership, it seems like things are about to change in Washington mm. very much so. Definitely. It's a huge turnaround. I was surprised they traded Montez Monte Sweat, especially Chicago is known for a, de- a defense organization and everything. So I was kind of surprised he, tra- they, he traded both of their star edge, edge rushers and stuff. And that moves us to? Number three. Uh, Washington also dealt Chase Young today to the San Francisco 49ers <laughs> for a third-round pick per sources of NFL Network Ian Rappaport. Uh, yeah, so the 49ers, get uh, after getting carved up by Joe Burrow and the Bengals, uh, need more pass rushing help, but it appears you pair up the two star players from Ohio State in Nick Bosa and Chase Young. Uh, I thought Chase Young has played 
better the last couple of weeks. Obviously, injuries have derailed him the last two years. Uh, Washington, he's going to be a free agent after the end of this year. But if you're Chase Young, I, I think you're front. celebrating they're very much. Load, so. They are loaded up front like the Eagles. Loaded because they are a great defense. And right now, they is going through a tough time right now. Losing three games straight. I think that hopefully this bye week, they'll be able to reset everything. But right now, and then Chase Young is coming in the bye week, so he's going to be able to learn the whole defense. So by the time next week, he will be ready to go. But I'm sorry, this defense is it's probably, scary. It's scary. I think it's very, I think it's one of the best defense without Chase Young. But like right now, you add him across from um, other side from Nick Bosa, I'll be more worried right now. Yeah. So if you're San Francisco, you're you're already an all-in team. You're trading a third-round pick for him. Which, if you look at it, they're supposed to get like two to three comp uh, comp third-round picks. So you're going to make this up in the offseason, even if you lose uh, Chase Young uh, to free agency. I, I think this is a easy move for for, uh, for for San Francisco, trying to battle with Philadelphia to be the best team in the NFC. And uh, if you're Washington, uh, this is, this is you know what? They're, they're committing to what they probably should have done uh, a while ago, and it's reset the team. You're, you have foundational pieces on the inside, and Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne. You need to clear cap space. You need to build up dra- draft capital. It's ultimately how you're going to win, you know, mm-hmm. long term when you're facing, you know, two of the three best teams in the in the whole conference or in your division. So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, for Washington, I get the moves. It was a little shocking to see, but this felt like something that was coming for some time after they dropped, the, especially with Chase after dropping his fifth year option. Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, he's been performing not like we want him to see perform, but it's like. They gonna have to. They had to like make a sacrifice, and they had to do what they had to do. Let's uh, flip back to college. Number two. This Michigan sign ceiling sandal is getting even more interesting. Central Michigan University, the Chippewas, are investigating whether Connor Starlings was on the sideline versus Michigan State in CMU gear. If you've seen the photos online, uh, I highly recommend to check them out. It was a a night game, and there was a guy wearing a CMU hat, a goatee, and had sunglasses on. Uh, Their athletic director said in a statement, we became aware of these photos late yesterday, and we are in the process of determining the facts surrounding them. We have no further comment at this time. Uh, This story keeps getting interesting and interesting as uh, more information comes out about the sign-stealing scandal. Uh, personally, I think this happens all throughout college football. Michigan, unfortunately, has gotten caught, and now everything is out in the open. But uh, it, are, are you expecting more to come out about this? Because uh, I, I think John Harbaugh is going to be with Michigan for the long term. We talked about how good they are this year. I think if they win a national title, they will not care about this investigation. Um, but ultimately, uh, if if you're shocked that Connor Stallings showed up at a CMU game, he might have showed up at a you know he might have been in Blacksburg this past weekend stealing signs <laughs> because you know Virginia Tech could make the ACC championship game. I'm just saying, you never know. Man, everybody just stealing everything. Might as well, might as well go to every college game in the book and just steal everybody's time and see what's happening. Did you next. get a Venmo payment? You know, from uh, from Connor Stallings. I know we could use your you know your college football expertise being a college football player. Uh, did you ever have to, you know, learn the signs? Did you, you know, were you doing it on the sideline ever? Oh, no, nah, defense, we don't use signs. We, well, we use hex signals, but we don't do the signs, like go, throw the card up and everything. We just, I just knew it by heart and everything, so I didn't need no signs. Got like it. That. And uh, you were going to be a coach today for Halloween. So were you practicing any, like, any signs to get get set? Nah, nah I would be like uh, John, um, John Gruden with the big, with the big plays he'd be naming, like, 
3XY, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I don't know how you could do all that. I don't think about doing something like that. At the end of the day, I just hope that the NCAA would realize, like, if, if you put an electronic device in the ear, like the NFL, and even at the high school level, uh, you oh, know, yeah. you do a lot with Jefferson Forest, mm-hmm. our Jefferson GF games. Yep. You, you've been, you know, with high school coaches before. Like, mm-hmm. they use the electronics in the head uh, very often. But, I mean... This ain't the college game just wants to be weird that way. Yeah, but people don't got money like that, especially in the high school level. But actually, some do. Some do. I would not be surprised. Some do like California, something like that, like big schools, but like certain like small schools around there. I don't know like that. No disrespect. All right. Well, let's let's stick with the college game this time. Uh, st- talking some ACC football. Right after the show yesterday, because of course it did. The ACC released its. Uh, 2024 through 2030 schedule all 17 teams will play each other at least twice in a seven-year span uh they they instead of doing your three 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 five model uh they decided to do the annual protected matchups uh similar to what the big 10 is doing with their expanded schedule there'll be no divisions like uh, as always but the annual protected matchups boston college syracuse boston college pitt syracuse pitt north carolina virginia North Carolina Duke, North Carolina NC State, NC State Wake, NC State Duke, Duke Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Virginia, Florida State Clemson, Miami Florida State, Stanford Cal, Stanford SMU, and Cal Stanford, I guess, to keep those people together. And it will be all for one year, but back for the next seven, the one that got messed up by the ACC, the return of Miami and Virginia Tech, the Big East rivals, returned as annual protected matchups. I don't think the ACC missed a big rivalry there. Um, So, uh, as it sets up, the 2024 opponents for both Virginia Tech and Virginia, they'll have home for for the Hokies, BC, Clemson, Georgia Tech, and UVA on the road, Duke, Miami, Q's, and they will have a California trip to Stanford. UVA actually will have the least amount of miles traveled as they have BC, Louisville, UNC, and they will host Southern Methodist University. And then on the road, they will head to Clemson, Pitt, Virginia Tech, and Wake. Uh, I think the ACC actually got it right here with how they did their their scheduling model, other than maybe uh, seven years might be a little bit too long to project ahead of things. Uh, but they're, they're, they still have a, a rights deal to 2036, so they like to look way too ahead. Yes, definitely. I mean, I understand you want to get the future ahead of you. You're trying to get a head start and everything. I mean, it looks good. You, like, you name all the games. I like I like how it's going and everything, but just like, are they like being the two overboard, especially the seven-year span? Because you can't, you don't know what's going to happen during that seven-year span. I mean, next year you can predict, but like after the several years, what's going to happen next and everything. But I mean, I like the schedule so far. It looks good. I like it so far, but we can see how it will turn out and everything. Tomorrow we'll do the we'll do the receipts. We'll keep receipts tomorrow on the fast lane when Ed returns for it's it's almost November. Holy cow, twenty twenty three. It's almost November. Maction is here as well, so it's getting uh, to that time of the year. But when we come back, a, a familiar face, Damian Sordelet, Roanoke Times. He'll talk some Hokies. He'll talk some NASCAR. We'll get his thoughts on the ACC schedule. You're listening to The Fast Lane right here on CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg and the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.